Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small pack executives about what's going on at their companies. With us today, for the first time ever, we're happy to have Michael Lendy, CEO and President of Predictive AI. The company trades on the TSX Venture Exchange on the, on the stock symbol PAI. For our friends in the US, INOTF, and for our friends in Europe, on Frankfurt under 71TA. Now, for those of you new to the story, as the name you know probably conveys, Predictive AI is a proprietary artificial intelligence and machine learning platform there that provides predictive and prescriptive solutions in the public safety sector. All right, what does that mean? Okay, that's the tagline, but what does that really mean? For example, the company's ThermalPass fever detection system was recently used at a Carolina Panthers NFL game. That detection system has 24 medical grade sensors reading 1,200 readings per second and passes one person per second right through. It's intended thermal pass for factories, schools, office buildings, and other mass transit uh, and, high tra and high traffic locations. More than just lip service, they've already received orders for 62 units of thermal pass, and they only launched in October uh, of 2020. And the initial orders range from hospitals, long-term care facilities, and prisons, and even public schools in the US. The company's got two wholly owned subsidiaries, we're going to talk about the business. AI Labs, that's the R&D part of the company that uh, that actually came up with ThermalPass. And Weather Telematics, that's, uh, uh, that's their alert fleet product, a road weather hazard alert system for commercial, commercial fleets that, again, uses artificial intelligence. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hey, Pleasure great to, to have you guys. We're big believers in the future of artificial intelligence, and it's a big thesis out of Gorecom uh, about the kind of wealth creation we're going to see in the future in this decade. Uh, before we kind of dive into the company, talk to us about, you just joined, you've been in the company less than a year now, made some big changes there. Talk to us about where you see artificial intelligence and the impact it's going to have in our lives and why it led you to predictive AI. Sure. Well, uh, thanks, George. And you did a great job describing what we do and who we are. Uh, very impressive. I, I'm very excited to be here and to, to share with you that when I first came into this uh, nine, ten months ago, um, I did a, a really invasive uh, forensic look at the proprietary uh, IP we have and where it can go and what we can do. And artificial intelligence with deep machine learning uh, is a major uh, distinctive competency of ours, even at the best of times. Now that COVID has rearranged the conditioning of how we think and how we act and behave, and in working with different psychologists and psychiatrists on the matter, artificial intelligence becomes significantly and increasingly more important in day-to-day -day functions where you have to have touchless um, uh, situations that are controlled by robots, that are controlled by deep machine learning and intelligence that is artificial, that is not uh, working with human to human so closely because we have a pandemic on our hands. And after that ends, that doesn't change much about our psyche. Uh, we're gonna be a lot more cautious going forward. It's no longer okay to walk around with a low grade fever. It's no longer okay to go to work sick. It's, we're, there's an apprehension right. and trep a trepidation there. And so artificial intelligence doesn't matter what sector it's in, whether it's retail or manufacturing or uh, public health, whatever the, the vertical, 
uh, it's now more significant and there are infinitely more possibilities for companies like ours to work with subject matter experts in various verticals to help them with any problem, but uh, in a way that, uh, that is non-evasive. For example, our joint venture partner in ThermalPass uh, uses customer engaging experiences for retail companies. Those are his clients. And he's got a new technology that we're working with with him that allows customers to be uh, using technology uh, in the stores without coming in close contact with sales representatives. And, and so, this, is, this, this is the important part. I'm glad you kind of touched on that. The great thing about new companies like Predictive AI that are going into brand new markets and things that we never even foresaw two, three years ago is that they're explosive. That's great. But the downside, I wasn't downside, but the difficult part is, especially for investors and people at home, which is, all right, how do I judge who's AI? George Com says they're an AI company. Predictive AI says they're an AI company. You guys have third-party validation because you've got sales. You've actually had, so, uh, you know, we saw that video earlier. We saw some photos of you guys protecting a, North, uh, a Carolina Panthers football game and you've commercialized. Talk to us about the commercial side first, how, you, how the sales you've made, because I think that's important in establishing that, okay, George Com AI is a dreamer and predictive AI actually develops it and commercializes. Yeah, so, you know, um, when I first came to the company, um, I sat down with our CTO, Daryl Smith, um, to, to look under the hood and, and to see what we had. And it was incredible. We had done POCs with the likes of uh, Porsche and, and Chrysler in Stuttgart, Germany, um, to prove out uh, different uh, predictive weather uh, data that we have and to show how we can predict um, you know, black ice 200 meters ahead and alert people of hazards. So this is really predictive and prescriptive then in nature telling you to reroute and do something different. And I thought, well, we could do this in many sectors. This just this doesn't have to just be uh, uh, weather. This could be in all sectors of public safety. And so when COVID came into play and we started to work with our joint venture partner, said, okay, can we do a fever detection system? Literally, that was only nine months ago. Yeah, and you guys move fast. Yeah, the expression of uh, the drawing on the back of a paper napkin, that's what it was. We sat there and we went, okay, what could we come up with that's unobtrusive, that, uh, that maintains people's anonymity, doesn't, doesn't uh, encroach on social distance protocols. We wanna check off all the boxes and uh, make people feel comfortable about this. Like they don't even know, they're, know that they're going through it, but it's effective and it mitigates the spread of contagions. So that's how it's gonna be successful. And we went through several iterations over, se over the first seven months. And then we started working uh, with a group down in California who had uh, tremendously experienced engineers who have worked with the likes of NASA. And we really spared no time, resources on getting the best people involved here in Toronto as well, because we, we fabricate here in Canada and we're proud of that. And I can tell you that um, taking it to market, the next step was you know a longer process than we thought because, uh, and we had to ask investors to be patient because there was so much testing involved to get it to market and then getting it to market and proving that people wanted it and needed it. So we went after 
the essential services. We went after hospitals and we went after schools and we went after manufacturing. And we actually, you know, we toured the states. Uh, our, our partner toured the states for a month and a half. And that's when that's when we did the video with the uh, with the NFL, and that's when we sold to uh, uh, schools in the states and and healthcare systems there and, and hospitals there. Uh, and you know, it's just it was overwhelming in terms of the initial response. And then it was okay, hold on. Now we've got to come up with a sales channel, a professional sales channel infrastructure okay and, and board, that's exactly why i wanted to ask you like you I, it's yeah. almost like you and i are in simpatico because yeah. when you said we went after so i guess that was strictly elbow grease you know that's you right. guys knows the ground and you kind of pounded it and ground it out there but once you realize that you had something that's always an important question i have for companies like yours which is what is the distribution model are you going to employ a direct sales force or are you going to go through channel partners? Because it looks like on the Thermal Pass, you've teamed up with Commersive Solutions Corp, uh, right. and they develop point of sale integrated point of sale technology. So is that going to be how? Because because the mat the market's massive, and yeah. but that means it's also hard to get to because you can't get yeah. to everybody. What's the what's the distribution model? Right. So so this is the exciting part, and it's just starting to explode for us in a great way. We have signed on six sales channel partners in the states and canada in the last two weeks wow. um, because we've now figured out what we need to be like the announcement we had a couple of tuesdays ago with tfg and five million uh, uh shares traded hands that day it was a record for our company personally and 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 because they deal with the likes of big box companies like uh Walmart and Home Depot and Best Buy and all that. And the, they're going to introduce us into their channel partner network. We're not salespeople. We produce AI solutions for real world problems. So we now know there's no question that there's a demand. We now know across long-term care, hospitals, prisons, public spaces, retail, and office buildings and the likes and stadiums that people want what we have. So now we went back to, okay, what's the best way to set this up? And thankfully, uh, we have an incredible uh, chairman of our board, Jim Grimes, who is one of the senior guys at Cisco Technology who, who helped build their entire sales infrastructure years ago. So we have an incredible um, mentorship there and an incredible uh, guiding light there in our, in our sales channels. And he has been incredibly instrumental in helping um, Jason and I, Jason's our, uh, the CEO of Commersive, our, uh, our joint venture partner over Commersive. And we have been very successful in setting up American and Canadian uh, sales channels Clearly. over the last few weeks. And, and it's important to explain to investors that this is not like a short term trying to get the stock up. And get the, this is a long term real business. And the sales cycle, because there's a pandemic and because uh, timing is the way it is. We have to take the approach of setting up the infrastructure properly of experienced and knowledgeable sales channels. One sales channel, just one that we signed up last week in the States gives us 12 distributors throughout the States and over 40 different sales agents live on the phone every day. And that's a Madness. massive difference. Yep. And these guys are experts in you know, all kinds of areas, casinos 
and and cruise lines and all kinds of different uh, and i like the fact that you said earlier we are not a sales organization we're an artificial intelligence and machine learning organization and we're going to partner with channel partners um uh to get our product out there now i find it interesting that you said on the one hand you're right sales cycles take long you can't walk into and i'm not going to use any names so I'll just, I use my placeholder. You're not going to walk into George Com box stores and they're on the first day going to say, well, thank God you guys showed up. Give us an order for a thousand of these. But on the other hand, Michael, is it not true that there's a real big sense of urgency at the same time? So the sales cycle, you know, if you were, if you were doing this 24 months ago, uh, it might've taken you a year, year and a half of discussion, proof of concept, run some tests. But correct me if I'm wrong, is there big sense of urgency, especially now that we know vaccines don't look like they're going to be the panacea that a lot of people were thinking over the last couple of months. Uh, mm -hmm. And does that speed up the sales cycle? So it's a twofold answer. Uh, yes, people, especially in the States, we've found the feedback has been very aggressive. I mean, I have five demos set up this afternoon and tomorrow with uh, in the States of Texas, uh, in North Carolina, and in Michigan, because they're very aggressively uh, coming to us to talk about places like convention centers and stadiums and all kinds, because they're very keen and aggressive to get back, back to work and back to events and back to normal. A lot of money. Uh, yeah, the feedback in, uh, in Canada's moving a little bit slower, uh, but that's okay. And, and I think, and I, and, and I think because of, it, of what you said that people are realizing that the implementation of uh, and, and the the execution of of um, administering vaccines is going to take a lot longer than people think. They're realizing, oh, gee, we better have a, a plan for a bigger future yeah. in terms of how we're getting people back into the office and how we're getting people into public spaces and, and, and our factories and food processing plants where you've got people there every day and you wanna mitigate the spread of contagions and fever being the number one symptom deemed by Health Canada. So what we're, what we're doing is we're, we're working with, and I've said this many times, you know, uh, that you know, after 911 for the last 20 years, there have been security measures in place because of that incident. And I predict that many years from now, because of COVID over the last year, it's almost been a year now that we've had this horrible pandemic. And, and because of it, I think that there will be health measures in place for many years to come because Absolutely. of it. Even when vaccines fast forward, let's say, God willing, everybody's vaccinated by a certain point in the near future, even post COVID, it's still going to be uh, an, uh, an environment where, like I said, working with mental health professionals as we have in focus groups, it's, it's very obvious that, you know, a lot of people are going to be People still going to want the security blanket. That's Plus, exactly you know, right. Uh, Michael, what we've also heard, because, you know, we do our own digging, is that, you know, again, George Com, big real estate company, it's got buildings all over the place. They want to be prepared for the next one they saw the economic devastation that happened here. And like you said, God willing, everyone gets vaccinated, everything works out. And by, you know, hopefully the summer or something like that, we can start getting back to normalcy. But that's not letting the guard down of your customer base, is it? Because no. what they're saying is, okay, this is under control and it almost destroyed us. There's no way we're just going to sit here open again. 
and just hope it doesn't happen in a yeah. month from now, a year from now, a decade from now. So I'm hearing that all the kind of customers you're talking to are implementing a long-term strategy because yeah. they want to be way ahead of this next time. And unfortunately, there's going to be a next time. Yeah, and, and even, even, uh, even hospitals uh, in, the, in the States, uh, even some that are not even private, have said, like, we're not going to make this mistake again of not being ready. We're going to have an open yep. PO if that's okay with you guys. And we're just going to order against that. We're just going to keep going. Because, because people realize that this is now, this can happen. It may not be called COVID. It may be called something else. Or it may be the flu. Or it may be whatever it is. But, you know, and we're not claiming to be the be-all, end-all, full-end solution. Of course not. We're no, part, course we're part, we're one part big of element the solution. Of it. Yeah, we're part of a solution. And, and the, 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 uh, like the prisons that we're in, uh, in Canada, um, the feedback's been tremendous for all the uh, workers there and, the, and the, uh, the people who come to work every day, they feel a lot more comfortable um, and they feel a lot more confident and, you know, it gives them a sense of safety and security and, and they know it is a long-term play. Let's talk, uh, let's switch gears. So, I mean, don't wrong. Sure. We could sit here and talk about thermal pass for two hours, right? Uh, but let's give, let's give everyone at home a little switch, switch the gears a little bit, almost pardon the pun, because your weather telematics is, uh, is the product is alert fleet. Uh, yes. And like you said earlier, that predicts road conditions 200 meters ahead, hydroplaning, black ice, dangerous conditions. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that side. I'm assuming that one doesn't have the same sense of urgency, yet uh, your customers or potential customers are going to want that technology, as will insurance companies and everybody in, in, that, uh, in that ecosystem. Where are you at with Alert Fleet right now? Uh, and and how, where, how are you guys commercializing that side? Right, right. So we have two separate teams so that no focus is lost on either project. And, um, and as you mentioned, Weather Telematics is a separate subsidiary under PAI. And so uh, the first thing I did when I came to the company was learn about how we had over uh, 100 million miles and 10 years of proprietary data. And most of our competitors in this space have used open source data. We have our own. Uh, I alluded to the POCs we did uh, with big OEMs in Germany. Before. By the way, POCs for everyone at home is proof of concept. Uh, just so the people say, what's a POC? Just want to make sure people yeah. do that. Yeah, and those, thank you. And those proofs of concept for our technology were done uh, a couple of years ago. We've had this technology for eight years, but nobody's monetized it. So when I came into the company, it's okay, we got to brand it. You check out alertfleet.com. It's just launched recently, alertfleet.com. And what it is, uh, we came up with an announcement uh, months ago, but since then we've been we've decided to keep adding features to it so that it's perfect. And now what we're doing is we're in negotiations and discussions with insurance companies, with large fleets, and with GPS companies and software companies that provide a suite of offerings to fleets all over the world, because especially North America is our focus. Because imagine you've got a fleet of 200 trucks and your driver's carrying precious cargo and she or he driving is precious cargo themselves and you wanted to arrive on time and they get an alert saying, 
hydroplaning 200 meters up ahead or black ice 200 meters up ahead, switch lanes and pull over or um, or it's that detail, like it'll actually give you, oh, yeah. like, it won't just, it won't just flash something. So you slow down. It'll actually tell you pull over, slow, you know, it'll so actually the, tell you what to do. So that's the additive that we've been, that's why we've been taking our time going to the customers because before it just said 200 meters ahead. And that was all you got was the alert. Now it's giving you uh, a recommendation to switch lanes or slow down, but, or reroute. But imagine if that's gonna save a life cargo accident, that's gonna drive down, you know, my friend owns a, uh, owns a trucking company in the States and he's paying, eight, he's paying close to $8,000 per truck per month in insurance. Wow. Uh, that's a lot of dough. His deductible is $23,000. Um, and when I first brought it to his attention, uh, a, a, a few months ago, they're having our virtual beer together. He said, wow, if I could get my deductible down and if I could get my out-of-pocket expenses down for smaller accidents, and if I could get my fuel down because of this and keep the car, keep the vehicle on the road more and deliver on time and my drivers are safe, my goodness, this is amazing. Mike, you got to speak to the insurance company. So now we're uh, talking to some of the biggest brokers in the States and Canada and getting them to present us and introduce us to the insurance companies they work with. So it's because it'd be great incentive, right? Because then the insurance companies don't have to so write. That, that sounds like it'd be a longer sales cycle. Uh, yeah. Right, Michael? Yeah. It will be, but it's a, it's an easier pitch because, you know, 10 bucks per vehicle uh, per month. It's not such a hard sell. If you're, if you're a manager of a fleet and you're looking for solutions. Sure. So it is an easy, so that kind of, um, mitigates and balances off the longer term. Yeah, the insurance will be a bit of a longer term play, but getting them into fleets right now and appealing to them, those are two markets. There's also a whole other area that um, is <laughs> the AI you asked at the very beginning about the potential for AI. There's such a huge future here with predictive AI. We, we've spoken to the largest uh, farming insurance company for farms out in Saskatchewan and 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 uh in the middle provinces of canada and something we as ontarians don't you know probably don't know a ton about but there's seriously serious crop damage due to hail we are able to predict uh not only predict when hail's coming but we can also tell how much percentage of the crop was actually destroyed by hail versus what someone might be claiming is destroyed by hail so we're able to help the insurance companies we're able to help the farmers we're able to and and this insurance company in particular was very excited about this. Now that's something. Now these are devil's advocate. Devil's advocate there because I want to sure. make sure people also know that you know we're 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 challenging on some of these things as well. Isn't that a space though that's highly competitive? Aren't there a lot of you know those kind of companies around that you know? I mean, we see it all. I don't want to say I don't want to say we see it on TV on the Weather Channel because I know you guys go deeper than that. But uh, I've heard of hedge funds. A massive hedge funds in Bermuda that strictly make investments based on weather patterns and what it'll do to crops and different things like that. So, can you differentiate, you know, in that vertical, yes. for example? Our, yes, yes. Ours is hyper local, and nobody has nobody has the okay. the proprietary data we have okay. in terms of atmospheric data from the present meets historical data from the past. 
and those two things meet, you get the prediction in front of you. And we're hyper local, uh, as, as I alluded to before, 200 meters in front of you when you're driving a car. I mean, that is really hyper local stuff. It's, it's wow. coming up and it's right in front of your face. And, and it's exact. We have something called ground truth. And ground truth is based on our sensors and our sensor technology, uh, which is we consider ourselves leaders in sensor technology. And we started, as you alluded to, we opened up a company called AI Labs, which is our R&D division. So we could focus on new innovative, innovative uh, uh, products and verticals for needs that are out there. What's another... Uh... And then we'll end it there, but you know, because like I said, AI, we could talk about three yeah, hours, for a long time, right? Yeah. That's the great. But what I love about the fact is that Thermal Pass is already being commercialized and yes. it's got channel parts. So you've got that's the, the big takeaway here is that um, you've already got a product that's commercialized, up and running, channel right. partners. So that's great, which buys you the time to then enter other verticals. Uh, because right. But so what's another vertical uh, that you guys, for example, that, that you're potentially interested in? So, I mean, um, in terms of innovation for safety, um, right. there's there's some other things we're working on. But as you know, because we're a public company, there's certain things like I can't say just yet uh, with pending announcements and such. Of course. But there, there, there are other artificial intelligence, deep machine learning based solutions that we're coming up for. We're getting calls literally every week and sometimes daily from companies who are trying to pivot and figure out from subject matter experts in retail and in events and in, and in different verticals who are trying to get their companies back on track and they're looking to us because they saw thermal pass they're looking to us for solutions in other areas um, everything from their operations how do you have anything for us that can act as a simulation uh, for project management where we don't have people physically in the building because no one's here. How do we keep everybody together? You know, it's not, they're not talking about CRMs. They're talking about different types of solutions that we can come up specific to their projects. And so there's, there's, we've got to be very careful though. Our focus right now is focus on thermal pass and, uh, and it's sales channels. And I asked this of investors because I know people want things to happen right away, but given that we- Some do, now, most, most yeah. are reasonable, but some do. And, but, but you know what? I just want to say, as someone who's been in sales for 30 years and, and had a lot of success in it, I can building private companies for sales and, and have tremendous success in it. I can tell you with, with I remain bullish on Thermal Pass. And the reason is, I believe that with the infrastructure we've set up with our sales channels and- in uh, medical and in education and in manufacturing and in retail and, and in entertainment, I believe that in the months to come, this is gonna be a very successful sales period. And consequently, we're gonna be announcing those things. Um, and, and I think that's gonna make everybody pretty happy. Yeah, let's remember the channel partners don't sign up with a partner like you just for the hell of it, right? I mean. They, these are serious organizations. They have their own goals that they've got to meet. They don't have time to waste. Uh, they want to optimize which products and technologies they push through uh, their their channels, right? That yeah. they're, they're not there to do you a favor. They're not there to throw something on the wall and see if it sticks. 
they're there to do real business. So that doesn't guarantee anything, just to be clear for everyone at home. I mean, but when you got six channel partners, right, Michael, on the- uh, Yeah, and and growing, and growing. I mean, Uh, six channel partners already, that alone tells me uh, as a layman on the outside, anecdotally, that there's demand for this and that channel partners are looking for solutions and they're and they're fine and predictive ai so that's, that's yeah when you and when you see announcements about these channel partners that's showing the direction we're going in because these channel partners have established clientele some of these channel partners have been around for 20 30 40 years yeah yep. they, got they have yeah and very established brands that they represent and sell to michael thanks for joining us today my friend real pleasure uh, thank great you great first interview uh, on predictive day on predictive AI, I hope a lot of the uh, a lot of your shareholders and obviously the Agoracom audience that's going to start discovering the companies really got a great overview of the company now. Uh, because press releases, right? You just can't get this all out in press releases. You it's, no. you need this to kind of discuss fireside chat, flesh out a little bit. And I think we've done yeah. uh, a tremendous job, and I think you did a great job of explaining where the company's successful today. Uh, where its short-term success may lie and where you're taking the company long-term. And there's still more to talk about, way more, but I think we'll leave it there. And uh, and thank you for, for joining us. Thank you for having us, George. Really appreciate it. For everyone at home, you've been watching, or if you're listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, or your favorite uh, podcast platforms, to Michael Lendy, he's CEO and President of Predictive AI. Trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under PAI. You got to love that symbol. For our friends in the US, INOTF. And for our friends in Europe under 71TA on Frankfurt. Look, it's up to you now to do your due diligence. All right. You can see right above Michael's head there, right? Predictive.ai. Get there. Take a close look at the company's technology. Take a look at some of the videos that are there. And do your own due diligence because the Agoracom thesis is that artificial intelligence and other technologies like that are going to play a significant role uh, in the in the next decade uh, in the small cap space. So you want to discover those companies, do your due diligence, hopefully found your next great small cap disruptive company. Have a great day. See you next time.